Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm John Podhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. With me, as always, executive editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media commentary columnist Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. And associate editor Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. Three, uh, three data points to plot on a graph. Uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, the uh, brilliant uh, comedian and um, maker of jokes and bits about the madness of the uh, trans regime uh, taking over America, uh, of course, created a stir when his Netflix special, The Closer, uh, came out uh, shockingly last week. Shockingly, in many ways, the closer was nominated for an Emmy for best comedy special, which was very surprising. Uh, seemed to herald possibly a shift in the way this stuff was going to be handled. And then yesterday, First Avenue, uh, a the the prime the premier music and entertainment venue in Minneapolis, uh, the home of Prince, uh, which we'll get to a little later. Uh, canceled a Dave Chappelle show uh, saying essentially they needed to do better because he shouldn't be performing at their venue because he's a bad person. The second data point, uh, the people who invented the a real world ground level version of J.K. Rowling's fantasy game Quidditch, uh, which appears in the Harry Potter novels as the sport of wizards uh, in the wizarding world um, announced yesterday that they were changing the name of their version of Quidditch to quad ball because uh, of her um, also because she uh, claims that basically uh, women have vaginas and men have penises uh, the real reason, apparently, is that they really would like to um, copyright this game that they invented, but they can't use the word Quidditch because Rolling and Warner Media own the word Quidditch, and so they are actually doing it in order to control the rights to the game that they invented, but they decided to claim that they were doing this for political reasons, and Christine can you provide us with data point number three? Sure. I uh, was perusing the National Women's History Museum website, and they have some featured biographies of important women throughout history. And the top three featured biographies right now are men, um, trans women, if you want the politically correct term. But they were all people who went through life and went through puberty and went through most of adulthood living as men. And they are now featured as the top women in the National Women's History Museum. Uh, and I don't quite know why this annoyed me so much, but it just did. I had a, a kind of gut reaction to it, in part because there are so many uh, women in this country in particular whose lives are worth celebrating and knowing about, and historians have yet to uncover all the great things they have accomplished. Um, why are we featuring men on that page? It was just, it was jarring, I have to say. Christine, you wrote an essay for commentary six months ago. I mean, I actually can't remember when because my my brain is going foggy as I hit my sixties. <laughs> uh, called the new misogyny, in which you 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 bring up the point that the idea that men can be women 
and that uh, and that uh, gender is a matter of of choice and identity, uh, and not of you know not intrinsic, um, is if you peel it back, uh, astonishingly misogynistic because it denies that there is anything essential about being a woman. And obviously you could sort of say in reverse that that would be true of, you know, trans men as well, but somehow it doesn't have the same quality. This has been going on for decades now with the idea that sort of that, that drag Queens who are men who dress up as women um, sort of should have the standing of women uh, and then, of course, it gets to the more the deeper question of whether or not a person who says they're in the wrong body and would like to alter their body to conform with some idea in their head of what they they actually are or should be or can be um, that this this deny that we have spent a um, hundred years trying to make it clear to the world that uh, women have rights equal to men, that they have intellectual capacities equal to men, that they have abilities equal to men. And now um, it is almost like a kind of imperialism in which womanhood is being invaded by men who want the standing of women as well as the the, the virtues and qualities that men have. Like Leah Thomas gets to be a female swimmer because Leah Thomas says Leah Thomas is a woman Leah Thomas is six foot, two inches tall, broad shouldered, has the trunk and the arms and the physical morph of a male, uh, and therefore, of course, dominates in her in her field. So so Leah Thomas gets to be a woman while and claiming the qualities of womanhood while having all of the advantages of maleness. Can yes. You, yeah. Okay, well, sorry. I mean- no, one of one of the things that that has struck me in particular, and I've really struggled with this. I've struggled with the pronoun discussions. I've struggled with, you know, if if someone just wants to live their life, if if an adult wants to live their life, you know, transition and live as a woman, and just like that's what a trans woman, ha- that's how this woman wants to live and be called by a female name and all that. I really don't have a general problem with it. That's where I become kind of libertarian. I'm like, whatever, as long as you're not imposing stuff. But that's not what's happening now. I mean, what we're seeing now is a codification, both in popular culture, in everyday usage, and now with some of the things that the Biden administration is going to do with Title IX in particular, in public policymaking, that will insist that any man, anyone born male who goes through male puberty, who grows up as a man, can, by simply saying, I am a woman, demand that half of the population welcome that man into their female-only spaces, welcome them into female sports, basically undermine the the separation of the sexes that we have as a culture decided is is beneficial so that women have opportunities to thrive. Because we don't compete against men because we're not as strong as men in general. I mean, there's a whole... In athletics in particular, this is, this has come to the fore. But in terms of sort of claiming women's experience when you are born male, I have, I really have a problem with that. And we see that playing out in kind of horrific stories. And there, there are more of these popping up every week about men who are violent criminals who decide to transition so that they'll be put in female prisons, for example, where they then go on to rape women because they actually haven't physically transitioned. They're living as women, but they still have male uh, sexual parts. And so as is they, true of Leah Thomas. Yes, Leah Thomas has only whatever they, I think Leah Thomas is taking some sort of hormone suppressant, but has not right. actually had any sort of surgical right. removal of of 
Leah Thomas's right. genitals. In New and- Jersey, in a prison in New Jersey, there is a prisoner who transitioned to being female, put in the female population, has impregnated two Several, fellow prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, At that's happened two. in the UK. The, in in LA, we know that there are, there are in, in California there are female prisoners suing the state to get these trans women removed from their prisons. They are a threat and a danger to the other inmates. That's where, but again, that's on the margins. So people say, oh, this is just the right wing freaking out over people wanting, you know, how intolerant this happens to one or two people. But if you start adding up these instances, and I think this is why seeing men in the National Women's History Museum is annoying me. We still have it, and I'm, it's almost making me, who's always been a pretty uh, staunch critic of radical feminism, it's literally turning me into a radical feminist on some of this stuff. We haven't even gotten all the things that that for women that they deserve in terms of recognition, acknowledgement, um, entry into some of the professions where they still lag behind men. They are doing better than men educationally and in a lot of other uh, uh, markers. So don't get me wrong about that. Um, but this is really an invasion of women's achievements. It's an attempt to say, as a man, I can I can be a better woman than a woman than someone born female. But I do well, it's like, like that I said, line I, in Tootsie. You know, remember yes. at the end of Tootsie, he says, "I was a better man with you as a woman than I was as a man as a man." Right. And then it's like, okay, so you get everything. Like, right. so being a woman means you can. You know, I was well, they claim the privilege. They claim the yeah. Anything yeah, they claim they better. claim the privileges without the struggle. I mean, there's a sense in which, like, honestly, they claim the privilege of womanhood without ever having to have the struggles of being a, a woman, and that well, is let's frustrating talk about to the people. struggles. Let's talk about the struggles in general because we're you we, we talk about professional struggles and you know, uh, you know, pay. Uh, you know, until the 1960s, a woman couldn't get a loan at a bank or a separate checking account or things like that. So th- there are those kinds of struggles, and then there are the actual existential struggles of being a woman. Right, menstruation. Yeah. Which men do not have to go through childbirth, which men do not have to go through menopause, which men do not have to go through the physical, the physical changes of pregnancy that alter the, you know, alter the insides of Christine and people like you that literally, you know, like my rib cage spread. I had twins. So like, it's never gone back. Like it literally, your physiology is transformed by pregnancy. That's absolutely right. (laughs) I mean, you know, the idea that men can be women is preposterous on by that very nature. As I, as I've said before here on the podcast, you know, one of the first things that happens to a zygote is it's diff it's, it's gender differentiation, X chrome, XX chromosome and XY chromosome. I think that's, that happens. I don't know. It's six weeks or so. I can't remember when, but it's like before there's a brainstem, before there's anything, the idea that a, that a human being comes out in the wrong body is itself an extraordinary um, denial of sort of like the essentialism that we have come to expect from modern scientific understanding. Well, and it's and it's not even again. If it was just a handful of people want to have decided that mind uh, trumps matter, biological matter, and they're going to live and claim to be the opposite sex, that would be one thing. But I think, and, and in particular, the difference between the trans women and the trans men. There is an effort underway on behalf of trans women to erase the use of female language, to, to literally to stop calling women women and to, to call us all these other euphemisms, which they get mocked, I think, appropriately, like chest feeders and people with cervixes and you know, all this like crazy stuff. 
But that is actually at its heart an effort to erase women, to erase what it means to be a woman because you can no longer call yourself the thing that you are. That is not tolerance. That is authoritarianism. Um, you know, it's it's like not to now get getting more more radical still. I mean, or not radical because I think this is sort of common sense for everybody. But when this whole question of whether or not, you know, children, four year olds, five year olds, I think each of us, Abe and I, know somebody who 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 had a who had a son who decided that 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 he was a girl. Um, this notion that a three year old or a four year old can say I'm a girl and not a boy, right? Um, this is the ultimate thing about this whole thing because it gets more radical when you think about this in relation to small children. How what on earth do they know? Does a does a three year old four year old boy know about what it is to be a girl? All that boy knows is externality, hair, clothing, face, maybe not even face. Mostly it's clothing and hair and, and, and that, and, and maybe a little bit of comportment or, you know, um, and this notion that they know something about themselves that they can't possibly know. They cannot know what it is to be a woman. First of all, no man can know what it is to be a woman, but the older you get, the more sophisticated, the more you learn things, the more of that you can say, well, I have qualities. I possess qualities that, in the understanding of human nature over time, we come to see as more female than male or more womanly than masculine, let's say. But that takes time and learning and effort and, and, and effort and agency. It doesn't, it's not, it's madness. And we do have this, these things we're now hearing anecdotally about first grade classrooms in which 25% of the kids say they're trans because that is the nature of this. And then you have Hollywood, which is propagandizing without let up Disney and others for the idea that there is no, not only is there no difference between the sexes, but if you say you're a a woman and you're a man, you're, if you say otherwise, and that's just what it is and introducing characters, admirable characters that you want to, you know, emulate and copy who, who have these, you know, who have these um, ideas in their head. And that's that's where we are now. And then it comes, of course, to this to this suppression of, of Dave Chappelle. But, hey, but n- not just um, Hollywood and entertainment, but when, when it comes to the kids, there's this whole architecture in place that, in schools and uh, medical profession and, and therapy. It's all geared towards, quote, affirming uh, uh, children's gender of choice. Um, so. You know, even if you're a parent who's confused about this or not on board, um, you you can get sort of pushed into a corner where you don't you don't dare want to do the wrong thing because you're told that uh, your child will 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 kill themselves if you don't if you don't comply. I mean, affirming is a very interesting word because it's one thing to say to talk about acceptance, which is. Okay, here's this here's this person. He wants to wear women's clothing, he wants to say his name is Leah, he wants to live, you know, live in the guise of a woman 
And who are we to say he shouldn't? Like he's this is this is something that makes him he thinks makes him feel good. We don't know what his life is like. You know, Zygesund, you should, you know, we should all accept. Affirm is a very interesting verb because acknowledging that somebody has an idea doesn't mean that you have to accept that you have to affirm the idea. Affirmation is to say, okay, you're right. It's not to say, I understand that you feel this way and I acknowledge and I, I, I support your efforts to understand yourself better. I'm not sure this is it. You know, people often have really bad ideas. You know, they're communists or they're, you know, or they're, you know, I don't know. They, they, they believe in Madame Blav, they believe in occultism or, you know, Madame Blavatsky, I don't know, whatever, but, you know, and you can say, well, you're a perfectly fine person, but that's Meshuggah, you know, um, but now we are in the position where you are supposed to positively affirm that somebody is what they are not. Or confirm the medical, the preference now um, in uh, among medical practitioners or practitioners of this particular field is gender confirmation surgery. So I didn't know that because I, when did that happen? Gender affirmation, gender confirmation. This is, uh, this is via um, University of Michigan health department, which calls it gender confirmation. So confirmation affirmation is designed to extirpate the, the word want. You're using the word want, and that's actually wrong. You're going to be consigned to a re-education camp because you can't actually say want. Want makes it sound like a choice. It is not a choice. It is the fruition of a destiny conferred at birth. And to say otherwise is to be, you'll be subject to emotional blackmail because you're basically suggesting that this is some sort of a choice which renders it kind of trite uh, and ultimately will cost people their lives because the second you question somebody's choice in this matter, um, they are likely to engage in some sort of self-harm. At least that's, that's what the, black, the line of the blackmail goes. Uh, so you can't say one. You have to say that this is the fruition of, uh, of something that has always been the case. And we're it's gender predestination, Simple, right? Gender predestination. Yeah, it's Calvinism. <laughs> we're, we're, so yeah, yeah, we're just essentially, yeah. uh, we're, we're acknowledging that which has always been um, yeah. in, in the mind. Except gender predestination, except the true gender predestination would say there cannot be such a thing as a transsexual person. Or you cannot detransition, you know, because... Well, you can't as though that doesn't happen, which it does. It frankly, does. It's not. It's, it's not like it's all the time, but it does happen frequently. And uh, when that does happen, uh, it's dismissed. And even if you acknowledge it uh, or write about it, um, you're berated as though you know you're contributing to this apparent uh, epidemic of uh, of self harm on the part of people who identify uh, as something other than the gender of their birth. But what what is most important, I mean, this is philosophically very important that it gets to what is going on with children. And and this is where uh, the culture war is going to go nuclear, in my view. I mean, that is to say that when you say, leave me alone, I'm gay, let me be gay, let me be married, let me live my life, don't arrest me for the sex that I have, don't, you know, don't, don't impede my ability to live you know, to live openly and all of that, that's somebody else. Um, but saying to someone, your children can tell you that they're, the, uh, your, your daughter can tell you that, that 
that she's a boy or your son can tell you that she's a girl and you have to accept this. And then you might have to start giving them hormones and medication and puberty blockers and then and then have them have surgery to alter their bodies based on this idea. That's where people go. These are my children. Get your hands off my children. Who do you think you are? Right. So that, that we have a we have a real as I say, I think that's where this this goes nuclear. But where where it where it has this interesting terroristic feeling is like in the case of J- Dave Chappelle or J.K. Rowling, both of whom can survive it. Right? J.K. Rowling is the most successful writer on the planet Earth, probably the wealthiest writer on the planet Earth, and she can do whatever she wants, and she has she is not intimidatable. Because she's not. She just, she has decided that the hell with all of you uh, people calling me a turf. It's called FU money for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So I'm with Dave. And Dave Chappelle walked away from $50 million once because he didn't want to do a show anymore. He can do whatever he wants. He lives in, he lives in a small town in Ohio. You know, his expenses aren't vast. He can do whatever he wants and all of that. And so they, but. But this idea that you have to silence them, you have to silence them, and you have to silence them, and you have to silence them, because if you don't silence them, other people who aren't as, you know, successful. This is all for adults, right? This is not for children. Children are finding they have adults have crafted this built in identity that confers authority and confers legitimacy and wisdom. And so, of course, children are adopting it in their constant pursuit of identity. But it has nothing to do with the children. It's affirming, as it were, the choices of adults. Right. I well, think I mean, that's what happened in the case of the people that I've known who do, do this with their children. I mean, it's a form of Munchausen by proxy. They take their children and put them forward as trans children, four, five, six, and then they become leaders of the trans movement. Uh, they and then they said they the environmentalist movement. Yeah, right. no, just, but I'm saying know. they give speeches and that no, the parents. Now, I'm not talking about like Greta Thunberg. I mean, the parents get to say, "I, I recognize this," and then they win awards and they give speeches and they go to conferences and they become part. So there is a there is a sense in which they're taking their children and using them as you know as narcissistic objects to advance their own, uh, you know, lacking sense of self. Um, of course, like almost like stage mothering in the most horrific possible way. So I, regarding Chappelle, I have some thoughts. Um, so another theater stepped up right away and said, uh, we'll take him. And the show went on or, or is going on there. Went on, is going on? Is this last night? I think it was, it was last, last night. night. Okay. Yeah, the varsity so, theater. Varsity Theater. I don't know that a year ago that would have happened so quickly or at all, or maybe a year and a half ago. Um, It's become safer to object to this stuff. Um, To To object to object to the to object to the the cancellation. Yes, yes, yes. To push back on the mob, and I think it's helped. And and I think the the anti cancel cause, the anti mob cause is helped every time someone steps up. It was helped when Netflix put its foot down. 
uh, to its employees and said, if 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 you are uh, if you feel unsafe, if you're made to feel unsafe by some of this content, then then this isn't the right place for you. Um, it was helped when Joe Rogan survived his little storm and all the hippies came back to Spotify uh, because because here's the real point about it. Um, you're not going to win, I don't think, at this point in 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 our system, certainly not in our economic system. If you're going to restructure your whole business model in the case of this theater or or, or uh, I don't know, other other similar outlets to cater to um, an increasingly small group of hysterics. Um, I think I think the the ones who stand up and say, no, no, no we're, we're just going to give you um, good entertainment. We're going to give you the services you want. We're not we're not in the in the po- political game. Um, I think they're going to win. And I think this is in, in some sense, it's kind of analogous to like uh, what's going on now be- between blue states and red states and who's who's winning the economy. Um you can you can scream your head off about about you know um, I don't know all sorts of of supposed injustices and and social activism and do whatever you want. People are leaving your state, companies are leaving your state. They're taking jobs elsewhere in red states, particularly. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see something like that in large and small ways. But you know, make no mistake, there's going to be more cancellations will be more attempts at cancellations but um I, I i don't think they have the power the numbers um to have the final say anymore that i i like this point about the red state and blue states because it, it's true if you look at uh it's not a coincidence for example that california governor gavin newsom spends more time talking about florida than he does about his own state and that's because his own state has so many serious structural problems <laughs> that it's much easier to point the finger at Florida and say, oh, look how terrible they are. And people see that. They see that. I mean, if you're, I have family who live in California for for decades and they see that and go, what are you talking? Like, who cares? Fix the problems here. Fix the drug use when you get out of a BART station in San Francisco. Fix these problems. And that it's much easier to nationalize the conversation and point to other red states than to deal with the 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 truly pernicious blue state, particularly urban blue state problems that we see across the country. But, but to Abe's cannot... point, to Abe's point, though, when when Gavin Newsom talks about Florida and how terrible it is, what language does he use when he's talking about it? He talks about liberty, he talks about freedom. Your freedom is under attack because the state is banning elective abortion after the second trimester, extirpating, you know, a critical race theory from the study of math or, you know, ensuring that you can't talk about sex before third grade. That's how he defines liberty. But it is a discussion, nevertheless, based on the premise of freedom, personal, individual freedom and, and choice. Uh, and at least that, you know, that appeal to something in the in the American DNA is interesting, hopeful. Well, but of course, DeSantis comes back or was the one who started making the liberty case against the covid regime that was he has a profoundly better case to make for liberty right. but ultimately right. but we're all arguing like, about liberty. Like you don't have the right to tell to tell people that they can't go to church and you don't have the right to tell people they can't go out and have a beer and you don't have the right to do what you're doing or to shut down schools you don't have the right to do that you are interfering with individual you are interfering with the structure 
of the concert, which is understandable in a truly severe emergency situation. But when we can no longer trust that your that the goal isn't to control people's behavior rather than to solve or or end an emergency, which is by definition something that is extreme and needs to end quickly. Yes, California literally right. tried to write ethnic discrimination into its constitution. They have no bearing to talk about liberty. But yeah, now they by, do. by the way, the one problem with this is that you cannot federalize popular culture. You know, there is a trend, there is a, there is a, there is a national force and that is mass media. And you can't, you know, I mean, it takes an ideological frame of mind to say, I will cancel the Disney channel and not allow my children to see, you know, Disney stuff because Disney is increasingly now using its platform to advocate for values and ideas that I find noxious you know, and then if you don't watch Disney, then you watch Nick. It's not going to happen. Then they'll have to watch Nickelodeon and they'll do it on Nickelodeon. That's where the rubber meets the road in the United States. I mean, uh, you know, to to it. There once was drag queen story hour only in Northern California. And now it's all over the place. Why on earth does drag queen story hour exist? Is it because drag queens have a unique ability to read stories to children in libraries? No, it is to it is to present this form of uh, performative behavior to small children to make them as comfortable with it as is humanly possible. It's not for their sake. It is for the sake of advancing the ideas behind drag and which are essentially, I think, this is the ultimately the most misogynistic thing, which is that costuming yourself as a cartoon version of a woman is a dignified and dignifying thing to do that elevates you among um, above other people rather than being seen as a kind of uh, caricature of, 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 of womanliness that should be um, people should find a little revolting. Um, this is this is where I'm on the Disney point. I'm I'm optimistic here about the profit motive. Um, so companies aren't going to see that that there's a huge demand here for for kids programs that don't encourage their children to to change sex um, for for a demand for entertainment that, you know, doesn't. Is it isn't that doesn't have the 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 nine hundredth show that says you know the CIA uh, uh, created uh, crack and and gave it to <laughs> to black people in the ghettos or, or to 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 fund the Cold War or whatever these theories are? I mean, I I, I think I think the the companies that come in and and scoop up people who who are sick of this stuff, and I think there are so many more than than people realize. I mean, that's um, a good example. Are, are example they going to win? The example that you're raising is is this Amazon show, um, The Boys, which is a really good show and it's watchable. It's just popcorn. It's fun. But they had this they introduced that theme that you just talked about where, you know, the CIA invented crack and put it into black neighborhoods. It's this like real conspiratorial nonsense that a lot of people actually do buy into. It was kind of a flippant reference to this thing because this whole show is very flip. But what did we do when we consume that? Just roll your eyes 
and keep watching the show. I mean, that's yeah. that's a healthy response to media. It's not to go out and to protest Amazon and to try to get the show removed from well, most people don't do that. It takes a lot of effort and work to do that. It takes a lot of it takes some psychological uh, or at least insecurity. Like it takes privilege. Insecurity. No, it takes privilege because you have to have the time and um, not have a job and young children to raise and a mortgage yeah. to pay to go out right. and do that kind of thing. And monomania. So. I mean, you just have to obsess over things. Right. I, I, look, I I think ultimately last week there was this Rorschach, this cultural Rorschach test, right? Uh, Josh Hawley, uh, Senator from Missouri, was in this, you know, hearing um, with... Uh, I'm trying to find the, I'm sorry. I had it and I lost it. Berkeley law school professor. Berkeley law school professor named Keisha Bridges, I believe. And, um, and the, uh, the argument, uh, you know, she at some point referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. And when Holly said, you mean women, she said, you're being transphobic. And this was a very interesting moment because she said this. No, she actually said you're threatening the lie. I mean, she basically said threat, he was yeah. making a violent threat by even using that right. word. Right. So, where we are now is that thousands of progressives on Twitter and other social media were like, "She owned him. She owned Holly. Watch Holly get owned by Professor Bridges. Watch this happen." And then you have people like us who are like, oh, my God, she just, she just, you know, she just blew up her own cause. People with a capacity for pregnancy? Seriously? That's what you're going to call, that's what you're going to call a pregnant woman? Um, People with a capacity for pregnancy? That's how you refer to, that's how you refer to, you know, every single person was given birth on this earth by a person with a capacity for pregnancy from time immemorial. And that person until five seconds ago was female. We used to call them women. Yes. <laughs> um, we look at that and think that's where you go. Okay. Well, the rubber's meeting the road here. These people have gone insane. They can't use the word women. We, we find ourselves in this bizarre position where the Roe v. Wade overturn, um, of course, the idea is you want to say it's a threat if you're if you're if you're pro-choice you want to say this is a threat to women's rights but now in academic circles in certain circles you cannot use the word woman this is how misogynistic it's gotten the word woman is not acceptable what i don't even understand meanwhile the how, word man yes. the, the and the point to this is the reason it's misogyny and in, in a different and it's distinct and and it's it's focused the focus is on radical trans women's rights is that you can still say men you can talk about men as much as you want you can talk about men till the end of you know time you cannot say women and that's where because they cannot actually have the experience of pregnancy and childbirth um this idea that like if you're living life as a man but you were born female you can have a baby yeah that's biologically possible and people have done it but the idea that that extremely extremely tiny minority of people have the right to tell half of the population that they cannot use the term women because it's intolerant that is absurd i mean it should be absurd but you're right that in elite circles it's now become uh, accepted but you know i i say that uh 
liberals and conservatives live in two different time zones, particularly they're, they're actually about two years apart, in fact. Um, and when you talk about uh, one group looking at that testimony and saying, oh, she owned Holly and the other group saying, oh, my God, she she blew up her cause. Uh, those on the left will be where we are on on that particular question in about two years, uh, just as they look back on defund the police and said, yeah, that was a little crazy. Uh, we got caught up in it and uh, we were wrong. So. And I, I think it's so hard. I, it is so hard for pre- contemporary liberals and progressives to deny liber- liberationist ideas. It is almost impossible. Like that is what, what that is what they are on earth for is to open doors that were previously closed. That is their purpose in life. Since they no longer believe in progressivism as, as it used to be understood, which was to improve the lives of people to improve their material circumstances, right? That was what progressivism was about, to improve their material and political circumstances. And now it's about freeing them from the shackles of oppression, period. So how do they, how do they go, well, that was a little crazy? I don't know if oh, they have the vocabulary to go there. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Because I think um, thanks to some of, some of their uh, saner, uh, and responsible guiding lights are already kind of there. Um, and, and, you know, I'm talking about people like Barry, Barry Weiss and, and others who, who, who make the case from a, from a liberal standpoint that um, we need not be crazy. We need not deny reality to, to um, allow liberty to flourish. But, you know, and, this is where the word liberal no longer has any meaning because of course, liberalism you know again is about is about classic liberalism is about opening society uh you know in an egalitarian fashion let's say um in its most you know not essentialism is really more conservative than liberal but um they're like okay come on this is crazy let's have common sense they don't common sense is not part of this the idea is don't come at me with this that is part of the regime of the brainwashing of the old white men privilege world that keeps everybody uh, in chains. And so they, really they don't do are starting liberal. I mean, that's not to plug my book, but a lot of people do resent this. And I, I talk to them for the book. This is a, a nice little roadmap for you yeah. to help understand this puzzle. That but book, this of just, course. Noah, what did I tell you? What are you supposed to do right now? The rise of the new Puritans fighting back against progressives war on fun. There's a lot on transgenderism there and how, how puritanical, the puritanically inclined are committed to the idea that you have to be constantly bombarded with stimuli that reinforces your particular uh, gender identity, um, which has been going on for 400 years, because underlying that is sort of a general assumption that this is something of a social contract uh, that could be terrifyingly mercurial. But this just came across my transom, and it's very illustrative of what we're talking about. This woman who made a joke. It's kind of a funny joke. A gynecologist. You're married? Me. Yep. Gynecologist. What are you using for birth control? Me. Lesbianism. Gynecologist. Oh, that's very effective. Five minutes later. Trans women are women. Trans and lesbians are 100% valid. I did not intend to be exclusionary in this personal exchange with my doctor. I was only commiserating with the general LGBTQ plus awkwardness in these scenarios. Um, 
I mean, this is this is Soviet. <laughs> Everybody kind of resents these conditions that are being imposed on them and are only being imposed, by the way, on online spaces generally. Uh, this the whole the idea that this theater that canceled Dave Chappelle had to cancel Dave Chappelle was a result of online threats that they received from very online people who spend all their time online. Um, would that have materialized in actual violence against this this theater? Probably not. It's probably illusory. And the more people test the parameters of this illusion and find that it, that it folds the second you put any pressure on it, yeah, they're going to they're gonna realize there are no consequences for betraying this new philosophy. Uh, let me uh, pause for a moment and talk to you about where you should be finding your comfort when our society is driving you insane. One place to find that comfort is in your office chair, the X chair. We're back to the X chair. Look, life is hard. Work is tough. You need to be comfortable to be productive and to do your best. The X chair provides that dynamic variable lumbar DVL to provide unparalleled support to your lower back. It's got massage technology. They'll give you a massage. If you're cold, you can press a button. It'll warm you up. If you're hot, you can press a button. It'll cool you down. And it's got these new FS360 armrests so you can get your arm in the absolute perfect position. These unique X chair features help the hours at your desk fly by in complete comfort. Go to xchaircommentary.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, commentary.com, or call 1 844 4X chair for $100 off your order. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. xchaircommentary.com. Um, I think we should make note of I, we haven't really talked about this but um uh in, in terms of like the uh, you know craziness uh getting resolved uh in you know in a good way there was the bizarre phenomenon of the bodega owner uh in uh in the bronx excuse me in manhattan upper manhattan um who was assaulted uh behind the counter uh and then ended up stabbing the person who was assaulting him uh to death and was arrested for murder by the uh, DA who doesn't want to prosecute anybody, Alvin Bragg, the new Manhattan DA. Um, and uh, two days ago, he dropped them after after an enormous public public outcry. The release of video footage showing showing him being attacked by the by the person who came at him, and the tussle between them, and um, a sixty one year old man, you know, w- running this, you know small difficult business um and uh it's interesting because alvin bragg came in as somebody who wanted to de- decarcerate and then obviously had this moment of oh good i get to arrest somebody you know for a you know a crime against a you know you know uh, and and uh and of course the, the world of people who understand what was really going on just went absolutely hog wild uh and Bragg uh, basically either saw the light politically and knew that he was putting himself into real jeopardy and losing whatever support he might have had among the people who elected him or, you know, or in fact, 
uh, he was misled or, you know, didn't have the proper information from the people who had, uh, who had wanted to charge and saw the light after he saw all the footage and stuff like that. Abe, what do you, what do you make of this? Um, good. <laughs> you know, it was, um, wildly unjust and anyone who's walked the, the, the streets of New York these days, um, is, is fully attuned to the, to the sense of menace that's out there. And, um, Again, I don't know that there would have been the public outcry that there was if had this happened a year and a half ago or something. Um, I, we are we are in a place where every one of these actions, every 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 sort of you know lefty overreach is is gonna is gonna cause some significant pushback. But it's you, very you, interesting because I didn't see any of this on in mainstream venues. I didn't see this in the Times. I didn't see it on MSNBC or CNN. Maybe a little briefly, but this was a conservative cause celeb. This this dominated conservative media outlets and still had the potential to to you know, extend beyond the reach of mainstream media to actually have a political effect and political consequences. So, I mean, I'm not saying that mainstream press was trying to ignore it per se, but it just wasn't a story that registered, not compared with half a dozen other stories that have preoccupied the the mainstream press in the post-Dobbs era in particular. So, but it had the, the reach to even have consequences considering how little attention was paid to it in the venues that are supposed to be the ones that dictate the terms of the national conversation. It's also interesting. Well, because of course it didn't, it didn't fit into any priors. Like this was something that was a relatively open and shut self-defense case, but it was a Dominican guy uh, and a black guy. And so the black guy gets stabbed by the Dominican guy uh, who himself was stabbed by the black guy's girlfriend. And he, you know, and so it's a a black assailant uh, getting killed. And that's, so it's essentially like uh, Alba, the bodega owner is like some kind of substitute for the police or something like that. Can't, you know, not allowed to, you know, not allowed It's a, a he's a, a black criminal. You shouldn't be doing anything to him. I mean, it's a little, you know, then getting back to Minneapolis, the home of uh, the, the Dave Chappelle cancellation, there was, of course, there was this, you know, it, psychotic moment uh, where the cops uh, had to engage with this guy who was shooting at this woman and her children in her house and killed him. And then there were protests against the cops and protests at the woman's house. And she came out of the house and started screaming at the protesters. What's the matter with you? He was going to kill me and he was going to kill my children. That story just died. It just died because there is this now weird gut instinct among certain people that a black person gets shot by a cop. That event is by definition unjust. Whereas of course this was about as righteous a, a, a moment as you could possibly see. And as I've, I've said before, uh, for people who don't really know this, uh, uh, there's a reason why cop shootings are are, are often fatal. Life is not the Magnificent Seven where James Coburn, you know, can shoot a guy from a can shoot a guy in the foot from a hundred feet or, you know, shoot him in the arm or shoot him in the shoulder or something like that. Cops are trained 
if they have to engage with lethal force with, with, with guns to aim at the torso of the person that they, that they have to fire upon in order to minimize the possibility of collateral damage. So you shoot at the trunk of the well, person. center mass. Right. In order to make sure that buzz, the, the, the bullet doesn't miss that target and then hit an innocent bystander. And so often these events are lethal because that's where you shoot somebody and where you will, you know, get a major organ or, you know, the heart or something like that. And, and, and the person will die as opposed to this Hollywood fantasy that police should be able to, you know, shoot someone in the arm or shoot someone in the pinky or something like that, you know, and, and, and there, thereby disable them without hurting them really. And then they can have a, they can have a comic exchange of one-liners as they're, you know, putting the cuffs around the guy and bringing, hauling him in. Um, but people don't know that in part because of this Hollywood distortion. Anyway, I, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, uh, have look. We didn't even discuss, you know, sort of like. We'll we'll be back tomorrow to talk about what happens tonight with the January sixth hearing. So for Abe, Christine, and Noam, John Podhoritz, keep the calendar. Moving.